Hi, I'm Mike. And I'm Matt. And welcome to Going Pear Shaped, a podcast where we just kind of talk about whatever we feel like. Hey, Matt. Dad. Yo. What's on your mind? Homestar Runner. I've been thinking about Homestar Runner because Homestar Runner just released a new thing, and I'm really glad that Homestar Runner is still a thing, because if you want to talk about incredibly important formative pieces of media, that one has to be, like, way up there for me. Yeah, it's one of the few, like, lasting relics of the old days of the internet that not only is still going, but, like, their early stuff still absolutely holds up. Like, it's still hilarious. Yeah, it's not like a lot of, like, the early shit on, like, Newgrounds and what have you. Is Newgrounds still a thing? Uh, Newgrounds still exists. I can't imagine it's anywhere near as popular as it used to be. Because, like, it used to be the place to see, like, amateur animations and shit. Uh, you know, because Flash was ubiquitous. But, like, I can't imagine it's still, like, super popular. Maintain the same degree of relevancy, yeah. yeah. Um, I do know it's still going, though. I, I haven't personally gone to that site in a long time, but I know it's still going. Yeah. And that, that is kind of one of the weird things about Homestar Runner is the way, I, before we started recording this, I actually started poking around on that site watching a lot of the older stuff. And a lot of, like, the older, older, older stuff, like the 2000, so it essentially got officially started in 2000. It effectively started in mid-2001 when they dropped the first Strong Bad email, and then the rest is kind of history. You're, say, you're saying um, that's when Homestar Runner started? Yes, that is correct. Yeah. Sorry. Um, that's kind of when... So, with Homestar Runner, I guess you'd say it effectively started, again, in mid-2001. I think it was like August 20th or something. Uh, that's when they released the first Strong Bad email. Which were a series where the care, which for those of you who don't know about it, and that's weird that I say that because again, Homestar Runner was like crazy ubiquitous back when I was growing up. Everybody knew about that series, and it was like the web series. Yeah, and that's something that's uh, kind of weird to think back on with the the early days of the internet. Is you, you there was a very real chance that most of the people you could socialize with didn't really know the major like internet stuff. So there wasn't this thing where you could just be like, "Hey, have you seen blah, 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 blah on YouTube?" and and you know, and people would just stare at you like, "What fucking internet thing are you? Do- what? You want me to go online and check out a what now?" Yeah. Like, and like you couldn't, there weren't smartphones yet. So these days, like you want to show someone something funny on the internet, like you're in a restaurant, and you want to tell them about this funny thing you saw, like, and I mean that's kind of a goober move even to this day. But like you can just pull out a smartphone and just fucking show them. But back then, you had to tell them like, "Hey, so when you get home, go to go look this up, type this into the search bar, and it'll it'll take you to where you want to go." Yeah, or in the case of like myself, I saw Homestar Runner when I was over at someone else's house, and then I watched Homestar Runner, and then you'd show Homestar Runner to your friends who physically came over because you were a fucking kid, you didn't have an email, and there was no YouTube. I mean, fuck, when did Google Video get its start? Because Christ Google, if I know. Yeah, that's, man, you want to talk about another early internet thing. Does anyone else remember Google Video? No. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I must so have missed old. that train. The thing is, oh. by the time I paid any real attention to Google, it was already fucking massive, so. Yeah, well, Google was massive when they started Google Video as well, and, like, that company has maintained, obviously maintained a high degree of relevancy, thanks in part to their large part probably to their acquisition of youtube i remember when that deal first went down i imagine they're pretty pretty happy with that acquisition um but yeah it, it's just so fucking bizarre to think back to that oh time actually can, can i can i can i make a quick just aside about youtube 
Yeah, sure. All right, so as of the day we're recording this, it's been nearly two weeks since the U.S. election. YouTube is still playing political ads. <laughs> and it's really pissing me off. Oh, my God. Anyway, God. go ahead with what you were going to say. Uh, fucking, you said I couldn't bring politics into this, and now you're... No, I'm not bringing brings... politics into it. I'm complaining about the fact that political ads are still playing two weeks after the fact. Get your shit together, YouTube. Twitter was fucking displaying. That was the man. You want to talk about another weird internet thing? Fucking the all the political ads on Twitter like four hours after the election had been called, and it's just like this weird elephant graveyard. Well, I mean, I get that you you buy you buy uh, ads to play x amount of times and then a certain time frame, and you don't necessarily get to pick that time frame. Nor do you necessarily know when that time frame stops being like relevant you don't know when you need to stop showing those things necessarily but like we're talking two weeks later at this point yeah no i'm talking i'm talking a very small like acute time period you're talking like why the hell am i still seeing advertisements for fucking clinton no, it's not even it's not even advertisement for Clinton. It's it's a thing that starts the same way every time. It's like I can't fucking believe Obama lied about Obamacare. By the way, Obama's totally running in this election, right? Like that, and it's fucking Jesus. <laughs> just every, uh, every every fucking time. Yeah, you have to love YouTube's algorithms as well. Is this, is this transitioning into the fucking let's bitch about how much YouTube sucks podcast because? This isn't the direction I wanted this no, to go. No, let, let's, seems... let's drag it back. But, like, yeah, I think we can just leave it at YouTube as a fucking Garbo site. <laughs> oh, my but God. But you kind of have to use it because everything is there. Yeah, even Homestar Runner uses YouTube at this point, but we'll get to that. Yeah. So, yeah, Homestar Runner is one of the rare fucking... Se- very awkwardly segging back in. Homestar Runner is one of those rare series that at, from the early, like, early 2000s internet era that actually largely holds up. A lot of their, like... I'd say probably, like, 2002 and before stuff is really, really rough. But around, like, 2003, late 2002, um, they kind of hit their stride, and they never stopped hitting their stride ever after that time period. It's actually kind of crazy just... And this is a bizarre statement to make, but it's kind of crazy just how good that series actually was and still yeah. is. It's actually still going, albeit after a very long hiatus and in a very different form nowadays. Yeah, well, I think there's there's a few factors. Like, one, the, sh- the writing is really sharp, like just straight up. It's really yeah. snappy. It's it's very funny stuff. Uh, secondly, it's mostly character driven. So, you know, that allows it to kind of hold up, you know, over the years. And actually kind of to reinforce that when... When Homestar Runner does make, like, a reference to pop culture, it's usually pop culture that's already, like, decades old by the time it even happened. Like, yeah. Like, by the time the actual cartoon comes out. Because, like, like you were saying, like, the really good shit was, uh, was starting to happen in the early 2000s. And even then, they were making jokes about, like, fucking hard, computer hardware from the 1980s and shit. Yeah, like, like I it was, remember... It was deliberately out of date from, like... from the Jump Street. Like, I want to say it was around 2004, 2005, where they introduced one of the running gags that Homestar always buys a copy of Deep Impact for Strong Bad. And, like, that was a... (laughs) Yeah, do you remember that gag? No, I didn't remember that gag. Fucking, yeah, every Christmas, Homestar always buys Strong Bad a copy of Deep Impact on either DVD or VHS, depending on when 
that particular gag is taking place because I think later on in the series they replace it with DVD, but it still totally works. You know what? Honestly, it was probably after Blu-ray came out. They, they switched the joke to it DVD. It probably was. Oh, my God. That was another thing that series did really, really well was it was a very in-joke-oriented series, but it never leaned on them very... It never leaned on those in-jokes super hard. Like, all of the in-jokes worked on their own, and then they also worked as, like, this weird double layer of comedy where if you kept up with that series religiously, and believe me, I kept up with that series religiously, um, it's still... Like, there was a secondary joke along with a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Like, a great example of that is the DNA evidence. Yeah, that oh the, D, the that was the probably DNA their evidence. longest running like just payoff to a gag is just the the constant references to some kind of DNA, DNA evidence. evidence. And then I f- I forget how that paid off. I think it was it like It paid off because it was what who what strong sad actually was. Right. Remember right, because okay. at the end of the DNA evidence gag Strong Sad's holding the fucking lime green vial of DNA evidence just cackling. <laughs> it was the thing. It was. It was just. It was just a fucking test tube full of lime green, whatever. <laughs> so God good. Damn. Um. Other. Other really excellent. <laughs> this is just going to become a straight nostalgia episode. I other mean, great yeah. gags. Um. The continual degradation of Marshy over a period of time because yes, originally you we, just we had should Marshy. explain Marshy. Marshy oh, is yeah, the mascot to a made-up brand of marshmallows in the Homestar Runner universe. And he is terrifying. He is he is he is unbelievably frightening. And that's not just that's not just us saying that. Like the even within the world, the characters are frightened and disturbed and annoyed by Marshy. And one of the gags with Marshy, and this was another one of those kind of like long term payoff gags. One of the gags with Marshy was as the series went on, you got more and more variations of Marshy that got continually more nightmarish. And I think like the most nightmarish they ever got with Marshy was actually in the very, very good adventure game, Strong Bad's Cool Game for Attractive People. Yeah, it was a Gel Archie. You had Gel Archie, and you could see, like, his exposed brain, and he had, like, this weird synthesizer. Yeah, he was, like, he was, like, he was supposed to promote some sort of, like, Jell-O-style spinoff to the Marshmallow, but he was basically, he he looked like fucking Mother Brain. And just the fucking voice and like the gag where to beat that game, you have to trigger the shitty, (laughs) the shitty Gel Archie one-off promo video games kill screen. (laughs) Yeah. Actually, that's, that's weird to think about is like, so these days everyone knows that Telltale's the, the people what make the episodic adventure games about the licenses. They're doing the Batman and the Minecraft and And like the Walking Dead. Walking I think Dead put the them on the map. But like yeah. even before that, they did a series of games based on Homestar Runner, based on this like website. Yeah, and they did it like in conjunction with the Brothers Chaps as well. Like Yeah, the Brothers Chaps being the dudes who who made the site. So we should probably explain who the Brothers Chaps are. Uh they are literally brothers. It's not just a cutesy name. They are brothers. Uh, one of them specializes in doing the actual animating of the cartoons. The other does all the voice work. Um, except what, it, it, with with the exception of there's a character in the show called the Cheat, and he's also in universe an animator, but he's really bad at it. So what they do is they switch roles and have the guy who usually does the voices do the drawing, and the guy who usually does the drawing do the voices when it's a Cheat cartoon, and naturally it looks like fucking garbage, which is great. 
It also results in a lot of really surreal humor, like uh, the Cheat Cheatastic Adventures with Moses Malone in Moses Malone Land. Yeah. God. Um, but like, in, and the two of them write together, and they do. They have that kind of like uh, comedic rapport that you really only get when you have like m- like a pair of people or a team of people who like are really really tightly knit in their sensibilities and their humor. And, and, and it's something, I'm actually going to borrow a line from Movie Bob here, but like when you have a collaboration like that, it gives you the polish of a collaborative, the polish of a collaborative effort, but the power of a singular voice, and that's a really good thing for something to have. Yeah, and in the case of Homestar Runner, and the thing about Homestar Runner is they leveraged that constantly, and they leveraged it in more ways than one, um, especially once you started getting into some of like the weirder. So, for reference, Homestar Runner ran pretty much continuously from 2000 until about 2008. And around 2008, the series started to slow down until 2010, where it took a four-year hiatus until April 1st, 2014, at which point from then um, until now, and we're recording at uh, November 19th, 2016... Um, they update periodically. They probably update like every once or two months or so. So it's sporadic updates, but it is still very much alive. Yeah, where it used to like during kind of the the, the golden age, it used to be a weekly thing. I do want to say the uh, the April Fools thing where they came back from their four year hiatus. Uh, there was a thing where it became a popular thing in internet circles, like every April Fools to be like, "Holy shit, Homestar Runner updated!" Because it you know it didn't, and you get people's hopes up, and you're a dick. But that's what April Fools' Day is about is about being a dick. Um, but then they played on it by making their glorious return after like four years of silence and making it happen on April Fool's Day so that whenever anyone told anyone else that it had happened, no one would believe them. Yeah. Which is just, that's glorious. That is a fucking, just bravo, Brothers Chaps, to that one. Yeah, and one of the reasons they actually did that April Fool's gag is it had been a four, so it had been a four-year hiatus at that point. They were actually really curious to see if anyone still had any real interest left in Homestar Runner. And much to their surprise, and the surprise of, like, no one else, I think, um, people were still very much interested in Homestar Runner. Uh, because as it turns out, when you make an incredibly, like... How, how would you even describe Homestar Runner in terms of, like, impact? What would I don't be the know. words it, you use to describe It's a that? quintessential internet thing. Like, like I said, it's one of the few things from sort of the early, late 90s, early 2000s era of internet humor and, like, hashtag content creation that's, like, still around and still relevant. Yeah, and way. and the weird thing about Homestar Runner is it's one of those series that simultaneously, like, grew up with its audience and also didn't. It grew up with its audience in the sense that, like, the audience grew up and, like, the Brothers Chaps had, like, an actual had like actual families now um which they started to incorporate into a lot of their like 2008 2009 2010 stuff um with the puppet homestar gags yeah um wherein they'd actually get like their kids in on this and they'd interview them (laughs) with puppet various sock puppet variations of the actual flash animation characters in the show um a lot of those are really and that gave us really bizarre shit like what was it i think it was like melon homestar yeah, something like that. Yeah, because there was, like, Melon Homestar, and then there was Sock Puppet Homestar, and then there was Sock Puppet Strong Bad, and just... But yeah, it's almost like, when you're thinking back on that series, that series was almost like a weird zeitgeist, almost. Well, that that was Be- the thing, is it, it... 
One thing that they were able to do that I don't think I've seen a website do not only then but but even since where they kept the site running like this was these guys jobs they did eventually get to the point where like they were doing this for a living um and the only reason it stopped is because they wanted to move on to other stuff they started working on like television and and actual like tv cartoons and things like that um but they never had any kind of advertising banner ads web rings any of that shit everything on homestar runner site only concerned homestar runner and the only way they made any money was through like the actual like homestar runner like merchandise like the t-shirts and 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 there was a, a doll for the cheat and eventually there were DVDs of the strongbed emails but like they that was their that was their only source of income you go to homestar runner site there are no there's no ads you're not going to get a virus although there was a really hilarious strongbed email about computer viruses that's probably the best there's ever been um, well, I don't know about that. I mean, that it's a contender, man. It's a contender. There, there's a lot of contenders, though, because yeah. like I know, we, I know we tend to kind of overlook them now because they're earlier. But stuff like uh, Dragon, and like a lot of those early ones where they introduced like the Vitelectrix gag, which was another re- long form recurring gag. Yeah, that was that, gave... that was a weird thing that like, so the Strombed emails weren't the whole of the website, but like you could. But what would happen is if some weird thing like got made up or would like have its genesis in a strongman email, it would just become part of the canon and would just appear everywhere. Like Trogdor, this this dumb fucking like dragon that's like made of a snake with a, a like a beefy arm on it a beefy human regular ass just arm on his back. Like, Trying to describe Trogdor without showing someone a picture is nearly fucking impossible, by the way. Yeah, but, like, Trogdor just became this huge thing, and it was just the gag was, like, Strongbad's real bad at trying to draw a dragon, and... The S is for socks. The f- nobody remembers the first dragon, because Trogdor wasn't the first dragon he tried to draw. The first one was a squiggly S line with a stupid face. God. And I think they even referenced that particular dragon that nobody remembers from that episode because it wasn't Trogdor in like later episodes albeit as like weird one-off gags and just oh yeah. my god the human and that was really and again getting back to it that and the sharp writing that really was kind of the one in my mind the great strength of Homestar Runner is the way the comedy was sharp and it was well written and you can immediately get it at face value but there were layers upon layers upon layers upon layers to the comedy in that show and if you dug deep that was the kind of show that really rewarded you for it with just like weird one-off gags and like huge payoffs to like the dna evidence and like marzipan the implication that marzipan runs like this weird grassroots cult on the side and oh just, yeah 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 no there's the yeah i bet you'd forgotten about that one the fact that it's implied that marzipan runs a cult like, <laughs> yeah. repeatedly <laughs> oh man yeah, so we, we probably should mention that in addition to uh, the the two brothers, there's a uh, shoot. I don't know her name. Is, I think it's Missy. Missy. Yeah, she's she's one of their wives, right? Yeah. Yeah, and she voices the single uh, female character of the cast, uh, Marzipan, who's like a who looks like a broom. Basically, we should we should probably mention that all these characters are like really outlandish. Like th- these only work in two D space kind of character designs that are yeah. just completely off the wall. And they tend to be very very and they tend to be very very simple character designs as well because again, this is a series that got its start really got its start in like 2002 2003. Well, it actually it got its start cuz uh originally Homestar Runner was a character 
that the Brothers Chaps created as kids, they wanted to make a children's book. And they basically kind of kept these characters around and eventually made an animation about them. And that spun off into the website. Which then spun off into a weird gag on the website because they would then make a bunch of... As a gag on the show, they would then make a bunch of fake children's books as readings, as flash animations on it. And just, oh my god... Yeah, and one of the one of the uh, longest running uh, kind of effects of that sort of thing is that the name of the website is Homestar Runner. The supposed main character is Homestar Runner because he was the hero of the story of the kids' book they made ages and ages before the website. But the actual like main character of the website is Strong Bad, the villain from that book, because he's just a way more interesting character. God, now I'm re- yeah. Then that's kind of the weird thing, like, people's takeaways from Homestar Runner, like, as they remember it, is Homestar Runner is the titular character, and he's definitely a character that people immediately immediately think about when they think about that site. But in terms of what people went there and what they did on that site, you watch Strong Bad Emails, first and foremost. Yeah. Because that was, back in the back in its prime, Strong Bad Emails were either weekly or bi-weekly. I think they were weekly. I think they were, like, well, the the site would update with something every week and it was usually a strong bad email sometimes it would be something else that was the thing sometimes they made just random like other like flash cartoons sometimes they'd make flash games yeah they made the fucking peasants quest game after that uh after the trogdor gag where you played as rather dashing and then they made a fake live action video game trailer I guess it was a real live-action video game trailer. That game exists, and you can play it. Yeah, it's... They uh, made... Assuming... I don't know. Assuming you still have the ability to play Flash games on your computer, you can still play Peasant's Quest. A funny thing about that, there was a Strongbad email where they showed Strongbad trying to play Peasant's Quest and entering a command to get past a monster that didn't work. And then, if you went back and played the game, and the game came out before this animation, but the gag was already there. If you went back and played the game and tried to enter the command Strongbad did... Instead of the response that he got, it would say, if it didn't work for Strong Bad, it wouldn't work for you. For you. Holy shit. Like, they set that up weeks in advance. Yeah, fuck. That show is so... God, that series is so good. Yeah, holy shit. Oh, man. Yeah. And and that... That really is kind of the crazy... And, like, I guess going back to a more broad dissection of, like, why Homestar Runner holds up... In in comparison to, like, a lot of the Newground stuff from 2003 that was really popular that you go back and you watch and it was really, really bad. It wasn't just um, an animation where you beat up a celebrity or, like, had a weird stick figure man shoot a whole bunch of other stick figure men? Yeah, precisely. That was kind of a thing. Is like, I wouldn't say that Homestar Runner was completely squeaky clean, but no, a, lot of, a lot of internet humor and particularly stuff on Newgrounds was... It was pure shock value. It was stuff made by 13-year-olds for 13-year-olds, and it showed in the subject matter. Yeah. That was actually, like, one of the weird things about Homestar Runner is it it's not purely squeaky clean, but it's, like, really, really, like, family-friendly humor by and large. So when you get into some of the weirder and darker stuff, like Marzipan runs a cult on the side, it's like, whoa, shit. Yeah, but that, <laughs> that, those gags actually have more impact because usually it's a show about, like, the local villain is gonna like fucking cheat and win the race from the dude who's in, from the hero whose like whole identity is that he's a good athlete. Yeah, you know, I, I think a lot of that, a lot of like that kind of um, the contrast between like the relatively family friendly stuff and like some of the darker aspects of that show definitely come up most in like the old timey 
Homestar cartoons. Oh yeah, yeah. When they so that that's the thing is this uh, again we're kind of talking about this for people who've never seen the show a little bit, but like th- there were like parallel universes within the the whole Homestar Runner thing. It was like DC Comics, um, but <laughs> it was but not shit. Yeah, but not shit. Um, but like, so there was a version where it was mostly the same, except they were in like an old timey like 1930s. It, it was like a, it was like a 19 like 20. It was like yeah, it, it was been a like mishmash 19... of the early 20th century. It, let's yeah, just it was say. A, it was like late 20s, early 30s. It was based. It was Depression era Homestar Runner. So you got like weird fucking gags where Homestar and Marzipan are talking about how they're going to eat like dead plague rats and shit. Yeah. <laughs> Like what? And about fuck? how the cartoons were sponsored for like some some bullshit. Uh, it was like Poly Lactose oh, Formalade. It's or it's Poly Mascot Formalade. Yeah, give it for the kids. You <laughs> Get know? it for the babies. <laughs> <laughs> oh my and then god! There was the, uh, that... <laughs> the the alternate universe that where they were basically in a Japanese anime. And yeah, the twenty XD six. Yeah, twenty XD six, and then Strong Bad. Uh, his character was like Stinko Man. Yes, yeah, and he had blue hair Stingo. because if you're in an anime, you have to have blue hair. I think I think that was the 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 genesis of like just the immediate gag of if you're in an anime, you have to have blue hair. Blue I think hair. that was, like, uh, I yeah, mean, that I was th- an existing like cliche, but I think the first. Like, yeah, I think that became a solid. I think that became solidified after that Homestar Runner gag because blue hair, you've got to have blue hair. I think that's yeah. the line. It's been yeah. a long time since I've seen that. Yeah, and then you had. Homestar became the kid. Pom Pom became Pan Pan. Yeah, he just kind of turned into a panda for panda, just, but just he cause. looks exact. He looks almost identical still. Oh my god. Oh fuck. fuck. But yeah, that's it's weird just how kind of seminal Homestar Runner is in like just internet humor and culture, like just as a whole. Um, God, if if somehow there's anyone who's listening to this and has not checked out Homestar Runner, like. Just just check out Homestar Runner. Like, um, I would recommend uh, there there is a wiki and it is a very very extensive wiki. It was one of the first like really really thorough like fan wikis to hit the internet because of course it was. Um, just go there, find the list of like what's the chronological order of the cartoons on that site because like the the site doesn't really tell you. Yeah, because and- it's it's a very old site. <laughs> And you can probably safely skip, like, the first year of their output. Like I said, there were kind of some growing... Like, a lot of things on the internet at that time, there were kind of some growing pains. And you probably want to start around, like, probably, like, very early 2003 is when I'd say that series started to get, like, really, really good. I mean, the early stuff's still really good. And honestly, if you're going to go back and check this out, I feel like the early stuff's worth watching just kind of to know what sort of the cutting edge of internet humor was. Sursa 1996, you know? Oh, God. Speaking about early stuff, one of the first Strong Bad emails they ever had is they killed Homsar, who... Yeah, so what... Yeah, one of the first emails, someone... uh, It was, like, the second Strong Bad email, I think it was. Someone wrote in an email and said, Hey, dear Strong Bad, if you hate Homsar so much, why don't you kill him? And they meant Homestar, but he was like, Okay, sure, yeah, I'll go kill Homsar. And they just made a new character right on the spot. And it was just his Homstar. Sorry, Homsar. I can't even do it. It was Homsar, and then Strong Bad dropped like a big weight on him, and then that was it. Oh, yeah, he came back. Like, Homsar did come back. He did come back. And the and running joke Homs- was that he was like this weird, like, bootleg version of the main character. 
who had like weird special powers and shit. Yeah. The, the lore for Homsar got really weird at some point, especially if it you got... played again the Telltale games and you 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 find out like Homsar's like true origins. Like it's it's real strange. Homsar is actually a hyper-intelligent space alien from another planet who speaks a dialect that nobody can understand that just happens to sound like complete just gibberish nonsense words. Yeah. That series gets really deep. Ah, fuck. Deepest lore. No, but, like, actually the (laughs) deepest lore. Like, that's the amazing thing about it is, like, at face value we describe it and it sounds like some dumb random bullshit, and to an extent it is... But there's actually, like, a real respect for continuity and, like, these real long-term payoffs in that humor. And just, yeah, man. I know I just keep going on and on about how good Homestar Runner is, but, like, Homestar Runner, like, there's a reason people remember that so fondly and nobody yeah. remembers a whole bunch of the bullshit on it. Well, they remember a whole bunch of the bullshit on Newgrounds, but not with any, like, real fondness other than, like, ironic, ha-ha-ha, we actually liked yeah. this back in the day. Usually if, usually if something on Newgrounds is really remembered, it's because whoever made it, like, went on to do other stuff. Like, say, li- like, the only reason anybody really remembers, like, say, Metal Gear Awesome is because Ego Raptor is part of Game Grumps now. I think like, Metal he's Gear still Awesome doing, like, actually... Well, people would remember, like, that as, like, oh, hey, here's this dumb, funny thing from the internet back in the day, but people wouldn't really think about it very much. Except the dude what made it is still around and doing stuff. Yeah, that's, that's actually yeah, yeah, no, that's actually pretty true. I was actually gonna say Metal Gear Awesome is actually still reasonably funny. I mean, no, it is one hundred percent. But it was it was also like it was just kind of part of that like the the slurry of fucking just Newgrounds humor. Yeah, I, I I'd say that's. Probably I remember like... there was a point in my life where I made a point of uh, getting in my my requisite number of rating of like watching stuff from the portal and rating it so I could get my requisite amount so I could level up so that my votes would be more powerful on that oh, site. Oh Lord. Do you remember that? I don't like remember the more that. you contributed to the rating system for the flash. So Newgrounds was a thing still is a thing where you can submit your flash animations and they'll host it for you. And like, it'll just be posted on the site and viewers can rate it. Um, and based on how highly it gets rated, it'll become more and more prominent within sort of the, the flash portal, which is what they call like their, their ranking system where like the most popular stuff will be, you know, displayed and made easier to find. And then there was also a listing that's like, here's the most recently added stuff. And if you were actually like an active member of that site and you did a lot of rating and you did a lot of commenting and you did a lot of the stuff that, uh, they tell you, you should be doing on YouTube, but you shouldn't because that makes you a bad person. Um, then like you your votes and ratings and stuff would become more powerful as would your ability to like, you know, flag other users as abusive and things like that. Like you would actually, you know, you would gain in power the more you demonstrated that you were actually like an upstanding member of this community, which is weird to say because Newgrounds kind of build itself as like, we're the fucking edgy alternative to like real, like professional content. We make flash cartoons. We're fucking, you can, have sex with Britney Spears. Fuck it. You know? <laughs> Blow up a bus full of orphans. That's hilarious. I don't know. Oh, yeah, like the fucking bizarre edgelord content on Newgrounds. And like nowadays, I guess it's telling how desensitized we've become. No one gives a shit about any of that anymore. No, they really don't. Let me, you know what? I'm certain there are plenty of people that still do. They are they are 13-year-olds and gamers. <laughs> 
So 13-year-olds then. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, God. Yeah. All right. So, hey, so something else I've been thinking about while we're discussing, like, really just the ancient days of the internet. So there was a video came, like, went up on YouTube recently uh, for some something called XOXO Fest. I don't know what that is. But it was basically a, a guy by the name of Neil C.C. Rega, and if you've never heard of him, good fucking luck spelling his last name. Um, and he came out and gave basically kind of a TED talk about what it's like to have been someone who sort of came to prominence in the early days of the internet, making content as a kid, and still basically doing that. So he hit the scene with uh, Andy Mutations, which were basically like Flash animations where like weird shit would fly around the screen set to music. Um, it was it was basically it was kind of the er example of lol random humor, but you know it was he was good at it, you know. But he would go on to do stuff like make the Potter Puppet Pals. Uh, he had a music career as, as under the name Lemon Demon. Uh, he made a bunch of like comedy videos, uh, just all kinds of other stuff. And like he re- he made a couple of mashup albums in recent years. One called Mouth Sounds, which was just the the gag of it was every track had Smash Mouth in it. And then a follow-up called Mouth Silence, which the 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 gag of it was that supposedly it was Smash Mouth free as a counterpoint to Mouth Sounds, but really there's just a whole bunch of hidden Easter eggs and stuff. Like Smash Mouth is in there, you just gotta dig for it. God. Yeah. What like, the hell has Neil C. C. Rega ever stated why he has this this weird obsession with Smash Mouth, or is it because just because it's funny? Track. It's because it's funny. Like, just 100%. Because here's the thing. Like, it wasn't just a Smash Mouth album. It was specifically Smash Mouth's All-Star. Like, like, when did All-Star come out? I don't know. Like, late... I would have had to have been, like, late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. And, and yeah, part of the reason that show continues to be, like, a, a show... Well, part of the reason that uh, that song continues to be a meme on the internet is is its ties with the movie Shrek. And so, and, and both of them are things that, like, wow, these were things that were really popular once and we're just kind of appreciating ironically at this point. And they're just, they're, they're, they're just completely intertwined and they cannot be separated. Just, yeah, it's really unusual to see, like, how, it's really unusual to see, like, what bits of, like, the early 2000s, like, internet culture have survived and, like, what bits have kind of fallen by the wayside. Yeah. Because I'd hazard a guess and I'd say that, like, Newgrounds has largely fallen by the wayside. I mean, I'm sure... I mean, a, a lot of the prominence of the, day, of, of the day kind of have, because, like, there was Newgrounds, uh, there was Albino Black Sheep, um, and then... There, E-Bombs World. There was, E-Bombs there's there's World. E-Bombs World, which is basically like Albino Black Sheep, except they post the user's content without permission and put their own watermark on it, because Eric Baum is a fucking thief. <laughs> I'm not joking about that. That's a real no, thing. No, I know you're not joking yeah. about it. It's just... That dude made his fortune stealing other people's work, slapping his name on it, and putting it on his site. Yeah, fuck that guy. Yeah, he... Like, that's the thing. Is like, you know how these days, like, people on, like, Twitter and Tumblr will, like, copy, like, a funny comic or drawing they found, and they'll take the time to go into, like, fucking MS Paint and delete the name of the author... And then post is like, hey, I've, I've made this. Or at most they'll say, found this. Or or if they're really being quote-unquote courteous, they'll put credit to the artist underneath in the text. Like, But they're just fucking stealing shit. I'm Take, willing to give people partial benefit of the doubt on I'm the not, last one. I, I think in the case of the last one, a lot of times you get kids who don't know better. I don't because, know. 
I, I, I don't know. I, I'm willing... But, like, but that was the thing is, like, Eric Baum and his website, E-Bombs World, like, that was their whole business strategy. No, that's... Just stealing that, people's shit, and he made ad revenue money, because back in the early days of the internet, you got paid just by people seeing ads on your site. Like, that was the thing, is, like, if, if, you, if you're running ads and your site gets views, you get money from the people who paid for the ads... Because back in the day, people still didn't really understand how this whole internet thing was going to work out, like, even worse than now. And eventually, it, t- it took years and years for businesses to realize, wait a minute, just putting an ad on a site doesn't mean that they're going to click it. And, yeah, I, I don't know. We've And we've gotten around to this point where people have kind of started to realize again, well, just seeing the ad should be enough. You know, like if, you know, like it's a billboard or something, but still that's worth less money and just, it's a fucking mess. It's a fucking mess. Also, ad blocks way more ubiquitous now. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. God, that... fuck. There was, there was, there wasn't really a way to stop those things back in the day. No, remember fucking pop-ups like back in the late nineties. Yeah, God, fucking pop-ups. Those things were fucking everywhere, even on like reputable sites. Yeah. Nowadays, if you see a pop-up, you're like, oh, this is some sketchy fucking bullshit. Yeah, like I you, better get out of here. You know that you have viruses. Like, just you see a pop-up. Oh, I've got, I've got fifty viruses right now. In fact, that's, oh, kind of getting back to Homestar Runner, the, the virus strongbad email. One of the ho- most hilarious things about that is there's a gag in there where, like, in the cartoon, like, yeah, four, four, we're fucking... like five pop-ups pop up, but one of them is a real pop-up. So if you try and watch it now and you've got any sort of basic, like, pop-up blocker, and I mean, why wouldn't you? It'll actually block the pop-up. And the fucking, the better part, just as good, is, like, the pop-ups are actually a throwback to an older episode with the making out with marzipan gag with Homestar. Yeah. Which is a throwback to, like, the weird game episode where I think it's, like, Strong Bad makes a game where you can make Homestar say anything. And <laughs> and that's that's an actual game on God. the site is, like, it's, it's a, oh, fuck, what do they call it? Like a, vo- like a voice board? Soundboard? Yeah, it's like a soundboard. Yeah, it's like a, a Homestar Runner soundboard, and that was one of the earliest things they made. And actually, that that was kind of the thing with the virus one, and this is kind of why, like, when I recommend checking out Homestar Runner, I kind of recommend doing it in chronological order, because the great thing about the virus episode, well, one of the great things about it is because the the conceit is that Strongbad opened an email with a virus in it, and the whole website is breaking. So what it does is it just makes all kinds of stuff from elsewhere on the site appear, but, like, in really fucked up, mishmashed, blended ways. Like, like at one point, like, uh, Marzipan turns into fucking ass key, and then, like, Strongman turns into his icon from, like, the character's page, and then dances away, and it's just, it's, oh god. And then the fucking King of Town gets attacked by, like, one of the cheats cheatastic animations. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we, we haven't even mentioned Teen Girl Squad! No, we haven't mentioned Teen Girl you Squad. You wanna handle this is... one? So, Teen Girl Squad originally got started... When the fuck did Teen Girl Squad get started? Because, like most things on that site, it got started as an SB email. Which one yeah, would it have Yeah, the, stra- the Strawbed emails, which you can just call B-mail for short, which is B-mail. great. Um, but Teen Girl Squad was Strongbad's response to a... I think it was a teen girl who emailed them at some point, and it was a series of incredibly shitty... Yeah, well, I she she, she said, like, her name and the name of three of her friends and said, Hey, Strongbad, why don't you make a funny comic about us? Make about us. And she's like, and oh, then, okay, you asked for you it. asked for it. <laughs> and then you got... Fuck, so you got cheerleader so-and-so. What's the adventures of cheerleader so-and-so? What's-her-face and the ugly one? <laughs> And, <laughs> and the thing God. is, in in universe, what it was is that because it was Strongbad making this thing, 
all of the pages were like set up to look like they were pencil drawings on loose leaf paper, and it was strong bad badly voice acting these other characters. And, and so then the, from there, like so, yeah, all the girls like there. basically talked the same, like <laughs> it was just goddamn. Okay, my gals, we are going to look so good. And they, they would get horribly murdered at the end of every one, and just the onomatopoeias Strongbad would come up with for the way they died. Yeah, and then they actually subvert the they always get murdered gag in like I think it's like the tenth anniversary of the Teen Girl Squad because the ugly one comes out at her birthday party and is about to get arrowed, but she's super hot. So Strong Fat spares her so his self in comic self-insert can make out with her. <laughs> oh, God. Doesn't he... St- yeah, and then he starts kissing the paper. And yeah, then, he starts kissing the and paper. Strong and then Strong comes out. I was like, Strong Bad, are you first basing it with that loose leaf? <laughs> leaf. <laughs> God... <laughs> God damn! Yeah, the fuck. Homestar Runner is so good. It really is. Uh, and <sighs> we can go on all day about like the vernacular of that show. Yeah, it's and... one of those things that that has its own kind of unique voice to it. Like, there's definitely like there is a unique Homestar Runner kind of styling and a way a character speaks in a Homestar Runner cartoon that other like internet humor things have tried to emulate and failed so badly. Yeah, I think, I'm trying to think of, like, takeaways there. It's, like, weird variations on the word crap, like, crapfully yours. Yeah. Um, you... the, the way you mispronounce, there's a particular, like, style to the way they deliberately mispronounce, like, longer words. But they do it They do it in a way where, like, if someone else is, is trying to, like, if, try, try, I'm trying to, what's the word? Trying to emulate it, like, it's very obviously, like, off. But it's, yeah. Like, no. Yeah. If I, oh, jeez. My mind just jumped to send you a card gauge. So no, we already kind of hinted at it, but, like, one of the running ga- one of the running things from the Strongbad emails is there's, like, 700, like, bootleg versions of Strongbad running around in their there's universe. Also a bu- and there's also a bunch of bootlegs of Homestar as well, because you have, like, Duck Shirt Homestar, you have, like, The Kid... You have old timey Homestar. Yeah. You have sock puppet Homestar. But, you have Melon Homestar. Yeah, but the most prominent like bootleg version of any of the characters is uh, Senor, Senor Card Gauge. It's Senor Card Gauge, who's like a really weird, dumpy looking, aged up version <laughs> of. Str- so we haven't mentioned this before now, but for anyone who doesn't know, <laughs> Strong Bad is a tiny little man with boxing gloves for hands and a luchador mask for a head. And Senior Cardgage has that same thing going on. He's got a luchador mask for a head, but he still somehow has a comb over. And he's really like tall and lanky, but he's got a super dumpy looking beer belly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and he, he just talks in complete nonsense. It's like no probalo. And it's no just probalo, bathmurder. Yeah. Say she was gonna give me some breakfast, but I don't see no one handing me a bag of chicky filet. God, fuck. (laughs) Really, it's a fucking hilarious bit. And Strong Bad, for some weird... Oh, that's right, Strong Bad idolizes Senor Card Gage because he lived across the street from him when they were were kids. So he's the only person who likes Senor Card Gage... And Sonor Card Gauge could not give less of a fuck about Strong Bad. <laughs> so he's stealing. <laughs> Remember that one gag where he steals his football? Yeah. <laughs> because he tells him he's going to hit him on the slant. Yeah, he, t- he basically tells him to go long, and then Strong Bad runs off, and then Sonor Card Gauge just wanders away with the football. God! <laughs> 
the fucking Aldi bag filled with <laughs> half-melted candy bars that he eats really loudly next to you while standing way too close to you in line. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, Christ. Fuck, just, like, for real, if if somehow you've gotten this far in this in this bullshit episode and just... Please go go check out Homestar Runner. It's so good. It is absolutely. I'd absolutely consider that like one of the major formative pieces of media in uh, for me. Like I derive yeah, like same. for me personally. Like I pulled so much of like my comedic vernacular, and I based or tried to emulate either knowingly or otherwise. Because a lot of times when I say shit like chin stubbery, I don't even realize I'm throwing back to Homestar Runner. But so much of my comedic stylings come from that series yeah really really super excellent series um and it goes deep too yeah there's a lot like actually yeah like actually sitting down and talking with mike about this i realized just like how deep the comedy in that series actually can go oh man so you want to hit up some questions yeah sure that seems like a good one to end it on fucking cinema card gauge goddamn yeah all right, so this one's from Benjamin, and he asks, "What are your guys' views on MMOs and how they've evolved?" Um, I think MMOs are fine. Typically, I think they've largely evolved. Um, I think when it comes to their evolution, they've largely gotten better rather than worse. Um, largely thanks to the fact that people realize that standard, like archetypical MMO-style combat, sort of fucking sucks, and isn't very good. Um, so nowadays you get shit like Terra and Bladed Soul and like Guild Wars 2, which are like way, way, way more active as opposed to Circle Strafe and hit buttons and just blow cooldowns and shit. Um, I tend to have a lot of resentment over like old school style MMO design, unless we're talking about RuneScape. RuneScape is a perfect cinnamon roll of an MMO. I mean, it's obviously fucking terrible, but I have a lot of, I have a soft spot for RuneScape. Okay. Leave me alone. Okay. I have never really played an MMO. Like I'll be, I'll be frank. Um, yeah, I've just I've never really played an MMO. Oh, um, I, th- and I so think I'm I not... I think I tried Spiral Knights once. Yeah, I think you did, and you thought you were play because you played it with us, and you were like, "This is fine, but I can take it or leave it." Yeah, if I recall, anyway. Yeah, I um, I, I think I I. I kind of would consider giving an MMO a shot if I felt like I really had enough time for that, um, and if it was free, because I'm fuck paying an upfront or a monthly price for just fucking whatever it is. Um, oh, um, do we consider Warframe an MMO? I was kind of thinking no? about Warframe. I don't. Yeah, I was thinking think about so, it too. Because you just you roll in parties of four and you don't really interact with other people that much. Yeah, but like it it does have that setup of like you're running around and grinding for loot. Like yeah, it's, it's 100% a loot like, game, but like Warframe... yeah, and they're like boss dungeons and like raids and such in that game as well, which is also yeah. very MMO esque. But it's it's also it's but it's like it's a full on action game though is the thing. Like it's it's yeah, a shooter it's like... when you do ninja moves. But like I think at this point, like MMOs, like a particularly like Blade and Soul and Terra, Blade and Soul in particular, I feel. Um, those types of games have started to kind of gravitate towards action games. Like Blade and Soul has like fucking just frames and like MVC style tag teaming. And you can, like, grapple people and shit. And it's, for the combat in that game is fucking awesome, by the way. That's easily, like, my favorite contemporary MMO. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's like MMOs have been moving towards that slowly but steadily, though, so... I will say, as an aside, I want to mm. get back into Warframe sometime. They've really been updating that. Yeah, they have. And, like, I kind of... This is going to sound weird. I kind of want to see, like... 
I kind of want to set up a Smurf account and like just roll with like three other people who are like either also new or or also have Smurf accounts or just whatever and just see like actually try and just go through the story because one of the weird thing is as they updated they also updated like a lot of the early content and what's weird is I'm in this weird limbo where like I don't have all the content unlocked but also like it's hard for me to unlock stuff because it's hard to find randos to do like just the regular ass story missions that are like a third of the way through the game yeah I think in your case though at this point your account's far enough along and like your weapons are good enough that you could probably just solo a lot of that early content and just blast through it anyway because you have yeah, like but a I, I feel like I, I feel like that stuff's just more fun with friends anyway like I kind of want to just try and roll with a crew from square one yeah that's fair also if you just want to do all that shit hit me up I actually reinstalled the game recently so yeah. okay uh, all right, so... Oh, and to, mm -hmm. for reference, I'm not just talking out my ass when it comes to MMO opinions. I played a shitload of RuneScape, and I played a shitload of WoW, and could spend, did a lot of high-end raiding back in Burning Crusade, and was level-capped at multiple classes and all that fucking shit. So I'm not just talking out my ass when I say, like, old-style MMO combat sucks. Old-style MMO combat, like, really sucks. All right. Yeah. Okay, so I got a few rapid-fire questions from uh, Eric and Joel, uh from our Audio Entropy Podcast Network. Eric asks, if you were to use a food-scented shampoo, what scent would you use? Leche Flan. What is that? Leche Flan. Okay. It's like a milk custard. It smells very, very good. It's caramel. It's okay. Pleasant scent. Um, the food-scented shampoo I would use is one I've actually used at many points in my life because this is a scent that just fucking store-brand shampoo seems to have everywhere I've ever been, and it's just apples. Yeah, apples is good. Like, any kind of, like, berry scent, I feel. Yeah. Um, um, watermelon's probably pretty pleasant. Anything citrus as well. Okay, and that first question was from Eric. This this is uh, this is from Joel. Follow-up question. If you had to eat a shampoo, which shampoo would you choose? Um, whatever one is least likely to poison me. Yeah, that sounds like a solid answer. Um, and this is a follow-up to that follow-up, and we're back to Eric... If you were an alien and your weakness was shampoo, which shampoo other than head and shoulders would you want to be defeated by? Um. Hmm. I just want to point out that I immediately caught the reference Eric was making. I I didn't. It's it's the movie Evolution starring David Duchovny. <laughs> the the alien in that movie is like its whole thing is like it evolves super fast once it starts hitting Earth and it gets out of control, and like they discover that like. I don't know, they do some sort of chemistry, biology fucking thing, and they figure, like, oh, hey, so this particular chemical was real bad for these guys, but we, where can we find a lot of it? I know, it's in, it's the active ingredient in dandruff shampoo. Let's get a fucking fire hose of dandruff shampoo and shove it up this thing's fucking anus, and just... it's Evolution is a dumb <laughs> movie. It's a real dumb movie. <laughs> Donkey okay. Lips from Salute Your Shorts is in it. So that tells you everything you, you need to know. Also, the dude, I forget his name, but he was the original, like, make seven up yours guy. So he's in there. Genius. But, yeah. <laughs> to answer your question, I'm going to go with Dove. Okay. Uh, fuck it. I'll go with the Apple shampoo. Whatever. What's what's the Apple shampoo? You got to know the brand, though. It's, it's just the store brand. <laughs> the store brand. Okay. Yeah. Or it's Suave. I think Suave is basically store brand, right? It's like Oh god, we should have said Axe. We fucked up. We should have gone with Axe or Old Spice. We chose bad shampoos. We I don't want to have Old Spice be my, my weakness. I use Old Spice. 
I, I use Old Spice everything. Like my... Yeah, but you don't use Old Spice as an alien, presumably. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so... Moving on. This one this one doesn't seem to be a question. It's from Parallelo Dad. He says, I'm beginning to have my suspicions that Professor E. Gad is Mario and Luigi's biological father. Think about it. Okay. Okay. I've thought about it. Have you thought yeah, about I it? Yeah, i thought about it. Yeah, i thought about it. Okay, moving on. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> this one is from our friend Molly. Uh, she asks, how late do you guys usually sleep in on the weekends? Okay, so here's the deal with that. My sleep schedule lately has just been so mangled and fucked, I have absolutely no solid sleep schedule or sleep-in schedule. I've slept in as late as 2 and as early as 5 in the morning on uh, the weekends lately. Yeah, my thing it's, is it's not good. I work nights, and over the weekend my body kind of starts to try to want to move toward a normal sleep schedule, being awake during the day and asleep at night, and I kind of have to... And the thing is, when it's the weekend, I don't really fight it that hard, so I just kind of end up sleeping whenever. Just, yeah, I don't have a set sleep schedule when left to my own devices anymore. Like, working the night shift has ruined that. So, so how late do I sleep in? I don't know. Uh, I got I set an alarm uh, and got out of bed so we could record this podcast at 7.30 p.m., so there's that. Um <laughs> and then, of course, we started this fucking recording at, like, 10. Because, yeah, that's just how it goes, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so, let's see. Uh, this one's from Greg, uh, also a friend on the Audio Entropy uh, Network. Most of these questions are from Audio Entropy people, uh, because we've been having to hit up our friends for, for questions. Um, Greg asks, what are the ingredients in your ideal chili recipe? Oh, shit. Beef, obviously, probably using some sort of tomato base. Um, pickled peppers, probably in there somewhere. Um, chili powder, obviously. Did, did, uh, did, did Peter Pepper pick a peck of those? Oh, you shut the fuck up while I'm talking. Where was I? I lost my train of thought. Okay, you go. No, no, you, you said you said uh, you said beef, tomato based, pickled peppers. Pickled peppers. Um, you got some beans, obviously, probably kidney beans. Um, I don't know. Ideal stew is kind of hard because stew by nature is pretty versatile and you can Wait, mix is, it up. Wait, is a whole chili a stew? Of... I consider it one. Okay. I mean, is it or is it not? I don't know. I'm assuming, I'm assuming the only, like... I think people still debate about whether or not it even counts as a soup. No, it's definitely a soup. Like, get the fuck out of here. I don't know. There. If you make it thick enough, it's not really a soup. It's a soup. It's a liquid. I don't know. Fucking, it's a liquid with solids in it. Like, it's still a soup. Like, fuck okay. off. Okay. I am very passionate about soup. I actually, I don't eat a lot of chili, and the reason is, uh, I don't like beans. So, oh, yeah. my, my, ide- my ideal chili mm. just doesn't have beans in it. Yeah, that's, so. yeah, that probably keeps you out of the chili range most of the time. I'm assuming chili, the real defining thing is it has chili powder in it. I mean, yeah. I'm assuming that's, like, the really major distinguishing one between that and stew. Yeah, it's, it's really mostly just one. spicy, like, beef sauce most of the time. Spicy beef sauce is, uh, by the way, I'm gonna, I'm, when we cut this recording, we're gonna take the line spicy beef sauce out of context, and we're gonna put it on YouTube. Okay. Yo. It's, it's actually my wrestler name. <laughs> wow, that's a fucking <laughs> shit wrestling name. Yeah, well, I'd be a shit wrestler. <laughs> Have you seen me? <laughs> I mean, Yes. 
I think you can give yourself a little more credit than that because I would definitely be a worse wrestler than you. Dude, I have I get winded super easily and I have a bad ankle. Like I'm exactly oh. the sort of wrestler that would have the name Spicy Beef Sauce. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, so okay. this question is from uh, from Mitchell. If pear-shaped is things going awry, what is the fruit for things going exactly as hoped? Or even better. And then a... and then side question, what does banana mean? Um, I'm assuming it's like orange shaped, grapefruit shaped, cherry shaped, anything that closely emulates a perfect sphere. I was going to go with apple because uh, I continue to this day to maintain, I have always maintained, that pears are garbage and they are just apples that gave up on their dreams. <laughs> I don't know why I find that so funny, but I find that funny. Thank you. Maybe it's because I'm just tired enough to find that amusing. So <laughs> no one in the audience is laughing at that dumb bullshit. Yeah. The thing is, I'm not really joking. I, I hate pears and love apples. And I, I, I see pears as just like, they're just, they're apples, but lesser. So, so I, like I, so, so I, so I hate pears. So that's why I named my podcast after them, you know? Yeah. Because we knew this podcast was going to be a pile of fucking garbage. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, so what does, what does going banana shaped mean? Going banana shaped? I'm assuming it's like a sex thing. Maybe. I mean, my only my only thought is, like, just... People just start talking about bananas, and my mind immediately goes to that fucking uh, Gwen Stefani song. So, Mine yeah. immediately goes to the Donkey Kong, ooh, banana line. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that so the dumb. one good thing about that game, is that so, line, ooh, banana. So fucking <laughs> Gwen Stefani and dipshit memes, that sounds about right. <laughs> that's what going banana-shaped means. You know what we need now? You know what would uh you know it would be so horrible that it would just destroy the universe? What's is, that? Is uh, Gwen Stefani performing the DK rap? No. <laughs> Even as like a mental image, I can't I can't know. I know, it would it would end the world. Like if it's you start if you start trying least... to imagine it, your brain would eat itself. Okay. It, it's gotta be in like twenty seventeen. Twenty sixteen has been a shit enough year without having that happen, please. Not this year. Just give me a fucking break, please. All right. So uh, this last one is also from Eric. He's been he's been hitting us with a lot of questions. Uh, if you could go to just one eatery for the rest of your life, which would it be? Oh Jesus! I'm assuming an eatery is a restaurant. Yeah, I believe so. Okay. Use normal people words, Eric. That's the first thing I'm gonna say. The second thing I'm gonna say is assuming. I could always go to one, irrespective of my location. I'm going to go with the Broadway Diner, because they have a really- because the food is good, and they have a really diverse menu. Okay. Um, hmm. Yeah, that's my thinking, is I would want to go somewhere with a really diverse menu. I'm trying to think of... Hmm... I guess like I guess like just one of those like all you can eat places, you know, like a like like an old country buffet or something like that, you know. Yeah, that wouldn't be bad pick either, especially if they have like soda on tap for free. I'm assuming I'm assuming we still have to pay for this, so possibly. Like because if I, I, not, I feel like once then... you get into the like weird metaphysical restriction of this is the only place you can ever eat again, I think just it's just kind of assumed that you can afford to do so. Well, in that case, that 
Excuse me, that opens up a whole bunch of other options because now you can eat at like really fancy five-star restaurants. Well, here's the thing, I wouldn't do that because I have not had a lot of brushes with super fancy restaurants in my life. Like maybe only a small handful, but every single time I've wound up absolutely hating the food. I've never enjoyed like high-class food. I've enjoyed some high-class food, but not like a ton of it. I don't know, it... Honestly, with, like, really high-end restaurants like that, in my admittedly very limited experience, it's not like I'm eating five stars pretty regularly, believe it or not. But in my admittedly regular experience with it, it seems to be the appeal of, like, really high-end restaurants seems to be more like the fact that you're in a high-end restaurant as opposed to the food, which is just kind of completely... I, I, I don't understand it. I won't bullshit you. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, it's, it's more dick-waving than anything. Yeah, there we go. Nailed it in one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna stick with my answer though. I'm going Broadway Diner. Um, All right. Because cool. the food is good and they got a versatile menu. Nice. Uh, so I think that's gonna do it for us this week. Uh, if you want to hear more of this fucking nonsense, uh, check us out on AudioEntropy.com. Uh, we have every episode of this show as well as a bunch of other shows uh, from friends of ours, uh, many of whom contributed our questions just now. And if you want to ask us something. Hit us up on Twitter at G-Shaped, that is at G-S-H-A-P-E-D on Twitter. Um, as you may have noticed, uh, we will answer questions about literally anything. They don't They don't have to have anything like, to do with why anything. Why are you asking us about, like, fucking shampoo? I was hoping for some, like, questions about horny Pokemon, and we didn't get them. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, uh, the entire, like, Audio Entropy Slack chat has been nothing but, like, wanting to fuck Pokemon for a few days now. Because Sun and Moon just came out. Yeah. And so, all I gotta say is... Also, that is, game is, like, really horny, apparently. Like, really, yeah, really horny. no. It really is. It's really weird. Like, normally, this is kind of like the Totally Spies thing, right? Where when you talk about it, people are like, oh, they're just projecting because they're mad fucking frustrated. And then you look at it, and you're like, no. This game actually has a Pokemon that wears fucking thigh highs and stomps on its trainer. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Pokemon's real horny, y'all. It's, it's really it's, horny it now. Is, it's it's like, canon. It's some, canon somebody, horny. Somebody have sex with Game Freak so they can just get, get on with their lives. Please. <laughs> they really need to get laid. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, but yeah, God. so... Fuck. Yeah, but hit us up on Twitter, at G-Shaped, if you got a question. Check us out on audioentropy.com. Uh, check out just our other shows there, Teenagers with Attitude, Totally Spies... Transmission Radio, War and Beast, all kinds of fun stuff. And uh, I think that's going to do it. So I've for going pear-shaped, I've been Mike. I've been Matt, and I haven't been able to play Pokemon because my asshole brother forgot to send me the 3DS, even though I reminded him multiple times and gave him three weeks advance notice, the fucking prick. Oh, by the way, you, made a, you made a YouTube Pokemon. video about that, and you shit on Popolio, you fucking human garbage. I, Popolio I was did. a precious boy. No, Popolio sucks balls. Popolio is the best. He's 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 a bundle of love that that like just he's he's a fountain of happiness and joy, and I, I will not let you besmirch his good name or hers. Okay, real, whatever. Real okay, real talk. I think it's random. Okay, real talk though. I actually have zero problems with Popolio. It's just shitting on Popolio is really funny. No, it's not. It's no, not it's, funny to me. It's no, it's funny to you. No, it's not. It's, I love Popolio. Yes, it 
Okay, whatever. You can have your fucking garbage Pokemon starter. I'll be you over here. You piece of shit. All right, we yeah, need to wrap this up. So I've been Mike, and that's up. that's been Matt. And always remember, diddle yourself constantly. Do it while you play Pokemon. Yeah. Because Pokemon's horny as fuck now. Yep. Cannon. Cannon.